Your brain needs support, and new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L theanine, and caffeine, Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello, and welcome to the American Patchwork and Quilting Podcast. I'm Lindsay Mayland, and I'm so excited to be here with you. How is everyone's January going so far? I've spent a lot of time organizing and cleaning my sewing room, and it's definitely a roller coaster of feelings. I feel happiness at rediscovering fabric and supplies I'd forgotten about. Um, I feel sadness at getting rid of things I know I won't use anymore. I feel energized and refreshed by my cleaned space, um, but also exhausted and stressed from the experience. Um, And during this whole time, I'd been confronted by choices, whether to keep something or get rid of it. And for some reason, it seems easier to make those choices with my fabric and supplies. Um, But when it comes to deciding whether to let a project go or not, It's almost a paralyzing thought for me. I've found that in my sewing room, there are two types of projects I may want to let go of. The first is a UFO, and the second is a finished quilt. So I want to talk about both of these categories, why we hold on to them, why we may want to get rid of them, and what solutions we have for moving on from them. So let's start with UFOs. There are a variety of reasons we may not want to finish a UFO and keep it. Especially with the very old UFOs we have, those projects may not be a representation of our current fabric and color tastes um, or your skills and talents. And so it can be hard to justify spending more time and money on something that we know we won't find enjoyment in. And the longer the projects hang around in our space and sit on our to-do lists, the more pressure and stress that builds up around them. Here are some questions to ask yourself if you're struggling with whether or not a UFO is worth you keeping and finishing. Do you still love it? Do you want to put in the time and money to finish it? Will it bring joy to your day to work on it, to gift it, or to display it in your home? Do you have the space to store it until it's finished? Or would you rather that space be used for a new project? Does the occasion still exist for this quilt? For example, if it was a baby quilt, but the baby is now in high school, is there still a need to make it? Now, if any of these questions led to keeping and finishing the project, great. But if not, it might be time to let go. And that's hard because we have a lot of things wrapped up in every quilt we start. There's time and money and effort and memories 
And it's hard to separate all those things from the quilt itself and not feel guilty about letting it go. But I encourage you to think about your future self when this happens. So I always think about future Lindsay. Will future Lindsay be happy with the extra time and space to start new projects? Will future Lindsay feel energized and open to getting creative and trying new things if I'm not weighed down by unfinished projects? And most of the time, thinking about future Lindsay helps me move on and feel content with my decision. So when you're letting go of a UFO, there are a few different options you have. You could turn it into a smaller project so it finishes faster. So just use the blocks you already have made to piece a table topper, wall quilt, pillow, or baby quilt, and then add the fabric back to your stash to use on another project. You could consider finishing the UFO to donate to a charity of your choice, um, or you could also auction it off to raise money for a cause you support. Or see if your local quilt shop or quilt guild will accept an unfinished project that can be finished for charity. You could have a UFO swap. So invite your quilting friends to join you in swapping UFOs. You know what one quilter dislikes, another will gladly finish and love. And if you don't think a project is worth saving, you could always layer the unfinished pieces on batting scraps and backing fabric and use it to practice your machine quilting. And that way you won't be stressed about ruining a project with your machine quilting if, if you had never intended to finish it. Now you'll notice that none of these suggestions involve just throwing the project away. If you're struggling with giving something away because of the time and money put into the quilt, it's easier to justify letting it go when it's still going to a good cause or a good use. But I've definitely heard that some quilters do just throw it away. It becomes almost a cathartic experience, like maybe the project has been causing a lot of stress or grief depending on the memories tied to it, so... A grand act like throwing it away becomes that energizing experience to move on. So do whatever works for you. Now let's touch on letting go of finished quilts. So this is the one I need the most help with. Um, so I'm not sure I can offer too much advice, but rather I'm, I may be looking for advice. So I'm going to throw a few situations out and would just love to know if any of our listeners can relate um, or can email me some thoughts to help me out. So I've made a lot of quilts over the years, and I've gifted a lot of quilts as well. Um, I just enjoy sewing and playing with fabrics and trying new things, but after 10 years of quilting now, I've gifted to most people on my list, I've made more quilts than I can store, and there are quite a few quilts that I think I'd be comfortable getting rid of to make rooms for ones that I'll actually love and use. Um, but I don't know what to do with these quilts. And most of these quilts I'm talking about are from when I first started quilting. And they fall in a few different categories for me. So the first is that my beginner quilting skills were not good. <laughs> so I have some quilts where the quality is just not there. So the piecing isn't good, the quilting is bad, 
um, seams have popped because I didn't use a good quarter inch seam. You know, these quilts bring me no joy. Um, and because of the bad quality, I, I don't want to give them away or donate them. So do I just throw these quilts away? Um, I thought about maybe cutting a block out from a few of my first quilts and, and binding them and then hanging them up as minis or framing them in my sewing room as kind of a remembrance of my early work and then just throwing the rest of the quilt away, but that still seems a little wasteful. And I also thought maybe I could salvage some of the fabric or batting since you know, my earlier quilts didn't have as much machine quilting as I do on my quilts now, but ripping out all those stitches seems like a lot of work. <laughs> and another type of quilt I'm struggling with is a certain size, specifically wall hangings. So for some reason, when I started quilting, I made a ridiculous number of wall hangings. Um, maybe it was because I was afraid of tackling larger quilts or buying a lot of fabric, but I own more wall hangings now than I could ever display. And many don't match my decor or style anymore, so I wouldn't necessarily want to keep them all to swap out occasionally. And because wall hangings are such an odd size, they're really not easy to donate. Um, although some may be large enough to qualify as a baby quilt for Project Linus, I would have to look into that more. But I found that not many people want to be gifted wall hangings. Um, I've tried in the past to kind of pawn off some of these wall hangings to people. Um, because it's kind of like a work of art. It's very personal. It needs to match people's decor and tastes so exactly. So a lot of times those are harder to give away because you're asking someone to make this a focal point in their house. So I'm kind of stuck on what to do with a lot of those wall hangings and since I have so many getting rid of some would really free up a lot of space in my closet and the last category is just quilts that I don't love anymore because of the colors fabrics or maybe the technique just doesn't appeal to me so I just don't use them or display them in my home and I have quite a few quilts that have just been sitting in my closet for five or more years without any love and the thing is, some of these quilts have great meaning to me, so I don't want to get rid of them. Like um, my first 100 block sampler I made that taught me so many skills and kind of brought me in touch with so many quilters, um, or the first quilt along quilt that I led through my job. So I don't want to get rid of these quilts, but I don't have a great way to display them or use them. So they're just taking up all the space in my closet. And I know part of that is because I'm really picky about my home decor, so it does stress me out to have quilts that don't necessarily match my decor or my home um, on display, um, so maybe someone has a solution for that. Um, so anyways, that was just a lot of ramblings from me, um, but I hope you picked up on some tips on how to let go. Um, or at least you know you're not alone in the struggle to balance what to keep and what to get rid of. Like, I'm there too, and it's a struggle I'm experiencing. And like I said earlier, I would love all the advice on this topic. So please send me an email at apqpodcast at meredith.com with your tips. 
Um, and I'll, I'd gladly share advice on a future show for anyone else in the same boat as me. So we're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're highlighting a few makers on Instagram we're loving, and I'm sharing what's on my workspace now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Now it's time for What's Trending on Instagram, a segment where Jody shares what's popular and quilting on social media. Take it away, Jody. This is Jody, editor of American Patchwork and Quilting. I enjoy looking at quilting accounts on Instagram, and I'd like to share three people with you today who always inspire me with their use of color and design. First up is Susan Aki. She's known as YardGirl60 on Instagram, and that is spelled Y-A-R-D-G-R-L and the number 60. Susan is a quilter, a quilt book author for Martingale, and a cross-stitch designer for Orifel. She loves traditional quilt blocks, and you can often see them made in shades of red, green, and aqua. In addition to seeing beautiful quilts and stitch samplers, you also get a glimpse at her home and her vintage meets modern decorating style. Clara Nardi is a textile artist and Clara spells her name C-L-A-R-A and her last name is N-A-R-T-E-Y. She's also an entrepreneur and speaker her bold and colorful work is influenced by her African heritage. I'm fascinated by her use of thread painting to make textile portraits. She recently started using a long arm machine and it's been fun to watch her journey as she has learned how to use this machine to make even bigger pieces of art. Taryn at Repro Quilt Lover concentrates on making little quilts. And Taryn's IG handle is repro, R-E-P-R-O, and then quilt lover. So repro quilt lover. And she often makes her little quilts with 19th century reproduction fabrics. I especially loved her series in December with the hashtag cookies and quilts. It featured miniature quilts with plates of delicious holiday treats. Her photography is clean, inspiring, and invites you to linger on all the details. If you don't already follow Susan, Clara, or Taryn, I hope you will and that you'll enjoy their accounts as much as I do. Thanks so much, Jody. We'll link to these three makers in our show notes so our listeners can check them out. And we'd love to hear who on Instagram inspires you. So feel free to email me at apqpodcast at meredith.com. It would be so fun to share a list of people who inspire our listeners later this year. Now we're moving on to what's on your workspace. And it's my turn to share. 
So I started out the year so well. Um, I only had one UFO left. I had a quilt top finished and ready for quilting. Um, and I wasn't going to start any new projects until those two were done. But then I saw the Patchwork Hearts quilt by Emily Dennis. And I just could not resist starting it. So for those who haven't seen it, the quilt features pieced hearts in the center of um, a four-patch design, and it goes across the quilt. So the quilts are in fun Valentine's Day colors. So um, think like the pastel-y pinks, purples, and oranges of those Conversation Hearts candies. And coincidentally, I had been looking for a good pattern to use some of my pinks. So I've collected a lot of pink fabrics over the years, and I'm not necessarily a pink person. Um, so I thought a Valentine's Day quilt would be a great quilt to use them on, since I would really only display it seasonally. So Emily is hosting a quilt along for this quilt that just started last week. Um, so my quilt won't be finished by Valentine's Day, but I will be ready for next year. And another reason I just love this quilt pattern is that the pattern is written in a way that you can use scraps, layer cakes, charm squares, or fat quarters. So it's a great way to use your stash or buy new if you're needing some of those colors. So I'm pulling fat quarters from my stash and a little yardage. Um, but I was close to using a layer cake I'd been saving, so I had options and decided to go with fat quarters. And the pattern seems really versatile, so hearts, of course, aren't only for Valentine's Day. So I've seen a few other people who are sewing along with the quilt along using blues, yellows, black and white, teals, and rainbow. And I think the pattern would be great as a wedding quilt, an anniversary quilt, or even a baby shower present. So I'm making mine a throw size for our couch, but there's other sizes available in the pattern too. So I'll post more about the pattern in the show notes in case you want to check it out more. Um, it's a really beautiful pattern and I just made my first block um, and they're so fun. They come together really easily. We're going to take a quick ad break, but when we come back, we're sharing stories of quilters making a difference in their community, and we're announcing an upcoming sew-along. Welcome back. I'm now handing the mic over to Allison, the designer of Quilts and More magazine, for Quilting Changes Everything, a segment where we share stories of quilters making a difference. Take it away, Allison. When David Lyles was a little boy, he collected fabric scraps that his mother dropped on the floor while she sewed. He started putting the scraps together, not realizing that what he was doing was quilting. As an adult, he still has that passion for putting fabric together and making quilts. He's worked a variety of jobs over the years, but when he became sick, he found himself homeless. David was able to stay at the IFC shelter in Chapel Hill, North Carolina for 18 months. During this time, he started a club to teach community members how to make quilts that they could then give to others who were experiencing homelessness. Relying on fabric donations made to the shelter, David would gather and cut them to make his designs, all while showing others how to put the pieces together. It was the thing to get people together to start noticing each other and help each other out, said David. 
Fortunately, David is no longer homeless, but that doesn't mean his passion for helping those on the streets has ended. He teaches quilting classes to be able to give back to the community that helped him through the tough times. The way I live now, if I was selfish, I could go home and just sit down and do nothing, he said. But I love people and I love to help people out. And to me, to put a beautiful quilt in a person's hand, it's just adding beauty and life to a lot of things that would normally be forgotten about. He hasn't been able to make quilts as quickly as he used to because he's been struggling with arthritis. All his quilting and stitching is done by hand, which can make it difficult on days when he's in pain. I'm not able to push the needle and pull on the fabric like I used to, he said. Because of this, he created a GoFundMe to help buy a long-arm quilting machine to complete the over 200 tops that he's made. He set a goal of raising $4,000, and the community helped him exceed that goal in just a couple of months. David said this not only warms his heart, but will soon warm the hearts of others. It's a beautiful thing, he said, and then when you finish with it, it gives you hope for tomorrow. It's a way to just live. That's all I want to do is help people live and be happy. My next story also involves people sewing for the homeless community. Elementary students at Templeton Hills Adventist School in California have been working on a project to spread joy through the holidays. Starting in November, students began sewing hats to keep people warm during winter months. The homeless usually don't get anything for Christmas, so it's a very big treat for them, said one of the students. The nice thing about these hats is that they can be worn and appreciated beyond the holiday season. All of the students working on this project are between the ages of 7 and 11. This is really reinforcing their skills, reinforcing their stitches at the beginning and the end, being able to switch the stitch from a straight stitch to a zigzag, explained Peggy David, the sewing instructor at the school. In addition to working on their sewing skills, students are also taught the importance of serving their community. Fleece fabric has been donated to the school for students to reach their goal of making 100 hats. Peggy oversees cutting the fabric so the students can just work on sewing. Some of the students have taken Peggy's sewing class for years, so they're able to take charge and know exactly how the hats are supposed to be constructed. Once students finish sewing a hat, they write their name, age, and grade on a piece of paper to add to the hat before it gets wrapped and gifted. It's an amazing feeling just to know that someone can wear our beanies and be warm and feel more safe, said one of the students. The goal was to donate all 100 hats to residents at the 40 Prado Homeless Shelter in San Luis Obispo in mid-December and the students were able to meet that goal one week early. Thanks, Allison. I just love hearing these stories. So congrats to all these wonderful sewers for truly helping others and using their skills to spread love and joy. The GoFundMe for David is still going, so we'll link to it in our show notes in case you'd like to read more of his story and contribute to the fund. Now I'd love to share about a fun sew-along we have starting soon. You may remember that in 2021, we did a sew-along in every issue of Quilts and More magazine for seasonal table runners. 
It was really fun and popular. So in 2022, we're doing a seasonal sew along for mini quilts. So each mini quilt this year measures about 20 inches square and we're sharing different ways you can use it and alter it to fit your needs, such as hanging it, hanging it on a wall, making it a tabletop or a pillow and more. Um, the patterns are called Make a Display and they're all designed by the talented Allison Jensen of Woodbury Way. And what makes these patterns extra special is that they're all medallion quilts, which means there's a larger center block with multiple pieced borders framing that center design. The patterns are so cute, they're easy to sew, they're easy to customize, um, and that just makes them great for a sew along because I just love seeing all of the different ideas everyone comes up with. So the spring quilt features a large flower center with a pieced scallop border um, with hidden pieced hearts, and it's so adorable. Um, and so the sew along officially starts February 4th, and it only runs for a month because it's a mini quilt, so it shouldn't take you too long to make. And during that time, we'll be sharing tips and tricks. We have videos. Um, we're doing a group virtual sew along day in our Facebook group. Um, and we're even hosting a fun photo contest with a giveaway. So we'll link to this sew along in our show notes if you're interested in joining us. I think it's going to be a blast. And before we leave today, I want to share a review of our podcast. So this one comes from MJP Encinitas. They say, I love this well-organized quilting podcast. The format used is interesting. The hosts on the podcast have clearly put a lot of work into making the podcast enjoyable, informative, and easy to listen to. With several different sections, I always learn something new. Thank you so much. These nice reviews just make my whole day. So if this review is yours, please reach out to me by email at apqpodcast at meredith.com. That's listed in our show notes. Um, we'd love to send you a little gift to say thank you. And if you love this show, please consider rating and reviewing it. It really helps other quilters find us. And that's it for today's show. Everyone have a great week.